One, two, Sir Lucius L. Left foot in the boots. Yes, sir. 2024, first episode of Throwbacks 2024. J5 in the building. Josh Pease. We back. What's going on? What's good, man? This is uh, overdue. Yeah, very we, long overdue. Yeah, we've been working on this one for <laughs> at least two months. Yeah, it got, maybe longer. It got pushed back uh, because Mark moved and then holidays hit and then yeah. all of that stuff happened. But we're doing it now. And it's, I mean, what better way to start off 2024 than, than with this album? It, it, uh, it hit 20 years old last last September, right? October. Okay. So now we're, we're, we're you know, we're still within the window. So yeah. we're still good. But Mark, MC, what's going on, brother? Have a hoodie on in the middle of January. Obviously, it's cold as shit out here. Not something that I signed up for. To be completely honest, it's not something I signed up for out here. It's, I mean, it's the valley, bro. And it's just weather. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure it's been colder in Miami. I don't know. Actually, I don't know about that. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think Mark's touched like a 50 degree. It got to 40 degrees a couple of days ago. And I was like, yo, what are we doing out here? Hey, man. It's a part of the, it's a part of the struggle. <laughs> Another part of the struggle. Uh, how you doing, MC? I mean, we're, you know, top of 2024. I know we've already had an episode of Black Print, but uh, how are you How are you managing right now in this, in this cold? You want to move back? Outside of outside of the cold, nah, it hasn't it hasn't made me want to move back. But outside of the cold, <laughs> things have been well. A month in already, fastest month of all time. Yeah, uh, it's 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 felt good. Good, good. It's felt good. good. A little bit of um, a little bit of a little bit of um, not necessarily struggles, but a little bit of differences here and there that I'm still getting accustomed to, still getting used to, but still feel good. You living by yourself, it, it, it comes with the territory, you know. Growing pain. It Growing hasn't pain. changed. It hasn't changed anything just yet. The scenery still looks the same. Yeah. By the time that you, the next black print comes, there'll be a rug in here, and oh, that wow. might help some of the reverb. <laughs> hey. But that'll that'll help. We got a rug. <laughs> Love to hear it. Every 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 episode, it's a it's a new uh, it's a new addition to the to the house. That's what that's my favorite part. So of seeing it now. But um, thanks to all the patrons and everyone who's been who's been waiting for this episode. I really want to get our general thoughts. Obviously, we're talking about Outkast, uh, you know, Andre 3000, Big Boy, Speaker Box, Love Below, double album, mm-hmm. highest selling. What is it still? No, Eminem probably got that, but it's like one of the highest selling. I think it, I think they beat Eminem out. You, 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 I think this is the highest selling album, rap album ever. Because it's like 13, it's like 13.1 right now. Yeah, I, I'm Million. pretty sure it beat out Eminem at this point. I think last year that was the, the, the news article. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, which is... And we'll we'll get into that as we, as we talk. I mean, I, you know, we could get into it. I think for me, this album, um, it's funny going back and listening to it. I just forgot how uh, how much this was a part of my life. Yeah. Like, I remember when this leaked. I remember having the leak before, you know, the official version came out. I remember buying the official version. Yeah. Um, I think mm-hmm. I was like in seventh or eighth grade, two, <laughs> 2003. So, yeah, seventh grade. Yeah. Um, and yeah, no, I just I, I really love this album. Like this is probably one of my favorite albums ever. Yeah. Um, and it's both sides too. I, I like the the big boy side, especially loved Andre Two Thousand side. I think he set the tempo or just uh, the template for what a lot of artists replicated. Um, following him, you look at what Kanye did with Eight Hundred Eight and Heartbreaks. You mm-hmm. look at what you know Drake has kind of done throughout his career to a certain respect, and then even like the new guys like the Spino, Love for Rents, and yeah. the Jids, like. They all kind of have a vein of Andre in them and just the way they talk about life and love and relationships. Right. So um definitely think this is um, one of those albums that that set the stage for um it just opened black man up. That's another thing that I really like about this album. Like, you know, 
rappers especially, but black men in general are just kind of looked at as like these um braggadocious yeah. uh testosterone driven men. Yeah. And this kind of showed the different side of that to yeah. a certain degree. Um so yeah. One of my favorite albums. Excited to dig into it. Very, very long. Very dense. Yeah. Um, two hours. Two yeah, two <laughs> hours. So, you know, that's that's kind of my overall thoughts. Yeah, I I, th- I think doing this and doing research for it, I didn't realize how much outcast was so important to like my upbringing and how i grew up too i think i think that and you know we'll talk about it too is like i think the fact that they're not prevalent anymore and they're not together anymore makes you forget the, how important they were when they were here mm-hmm. and i th- and i think that the, the the biggest thing about this episode is the appreciation because i don't think i appreciated them as much as i should have yeah when i were still doing it and now listening to this and then going back and researching and listening to certain songs from their history, yeah. I'm like, fuck, these were the biggest, this was the biggest duo in the world. Oh, yeah, absolutely. In, the, in 2000. And just some of the better rappers that we've ever had in this genre, yeah. ever. Yeah. And I think that's something that, that gets glossed over just because they're not as active. Or, right. You know, but I also love that they're not as active. I think that's, I think we need to allow our artists to retire. Yeah. <laughs> Like you look at, and I think that's a music thing. I won't just say it's a hip hop thing, but you look at music, and it's like no one ever retires. Yeah, no one ever just stops. Mm-hmm. And you know, um, for Andre and Big Boy, Andre probably especially to just want to stop rapping. Yeah, um, I applaud it. And you know, he just dropped recently the the flute album this past year, and it's cool. Um, I mean, I'm glad that he's he's being creative in the outlet that he appreciates. Right. But I wouldn't be mad if I never heard another rap from him. That's fair. Me too. I, I feel the same way. And we'll we'll talk about. There's lines on the album. There's things on the album that that like I that I took note of, and I was like, man, is this was this a sign? Was this something that like they were they were they were speaking of? But I want to go back all the way to the early '90s as we introduced the world to Outkast. 1992. Andre Benjamin, Antoine Patton meet at Lenox Mall in Atlanta, Georgia. You've been in Lenox Mall, Mark. You've been in Lenox Mall, mm-hmm. Josh. Imagine how different it was back then in '92. <laughs> yeah. Uh, definitely a lot different, but probably a lot the same too. True, that yeah. is true. Probably just in terms of the fashion. I I want to say back in ninety two, ninety three, Outkast. Remember, like they were wearing like windbreaker tracksuits. Yeah, I used to want a windbreaker tracksuit because of them. Huh? Because of the the Southern Playlistic video when they had them shits on. I had my mom. I like begged her to get me a windbreaker uh tracksuit she got me it was like this teal and purple one and this black and gray one she got me two of them and those are my favorite fucking things to wear in the fucking world and that was because of outcast it was because of andre because he was wearing them windbreakers yeah no nah, that, was, that was definitely a, um a classic iconic style yeah still kind of around to this day too i feel like it's you still back. see that yeah, a little it's, bit it's um, back around yeah, yeah no and that's the thing about outcast trendsetters in every era yeah of what they were doing yeah and, and when i mean trendsetter i mean like doing it first yes like that's the real trendsetter not just kind of riding the wave of fashion right um they met at lennox mall but they were already attending the same high school together tri-cities high school they initially wanted to be named two shades deep that name was taken i've never even heard of a two shades deep but before that it was there i was like i was trying to do research i couldn't find anything on it um but they settled on Never local they were yeah probably were, were very local um, they settled on Outcast and they formed a creative partnership with producers Organized Noise and their other fellow classmates, Goody Mob, and they became the Dungeon Family. I don't think we talk about how influential the Dungeon Family is to the South and to hip hop in general either, just yeah. in terms of what they were talking about, providing a different 
lends to what we know now as trap or just like the street, the street level stuff, but providing more of like an introspective and retrospective part of it too. Yeah, I mean, that's a big part of that like region bias um, mm-hmm. that hip hop just always kind of has towards itself. Um, when I think about Dudgeon Family, I think about just like, um, and I hate to say Parliament, but it's like yeah. they just they brought a different sound to hip hop that was very uh, just different. From, it was right. It was elastic. Yeah, I think that's the best way to put it. The beats just felt like they were just coming from a different place, and um, and just the way you know, Outkast, Goody Mob, how they all rapped over them. Like you, you think of some of those those classic hits that they all had as a group. Yeah. Um, or as a collective, it's like, damn, like this was this brought something new and refreshing. Right. Like it was never anything that was just like, oh, someone did this already. Like one of my favorite songs is um was it I eighty five? I eighty five, yeah. I love that record. And it's like that's just a record that's like you it's just timeless. Yeah. And it's crazy, you know, like that that that's overlooked in hip hop at this point. It's they, crazy to think about. They gave us Watch Out for the Hook, of course, yeah. obviously. Cujo Goody, Cool Breeze, Big Gip. Uh, Sleepy Brown, mm-hmm. uh, CeeLo Green, and it's funny. On. That's why I say like the the Parliament kind of flavor. Yeah. It's like they were singing and like it was just, it was just very funky, multi talented folks. Yeah, multi talented yeah. guys. Shout out to Rico Wave, man. The whole yeah. collective, honestly, like they just they tapped into a, a different um, sonic frequency. Yep, that hip hop wasn't really experiencing, mm-hmm. and it kind of traveled. You see other people kind of pick it up in different ways. But um, they never rooted back to Gentry family, so I think that needs to be um, highlighted. And then, I mean, we see, you know, possibly, I, I mean, could you say second, third most famous member of this family, Future? I mean, you know, still carrying the torch to this day. That's why I love when Future does stuff like Hendrix, because it kind of gives you that Dungeon Family, Andre 3000-esque type of, type of vibe. It's like, this yeah. this is truly, you know, he's truly the the child of that. Like, he, he kind of gives you all sides of it and that pain from different sides. I think it's because that's why Andre is, like, such a big fan of him because he's just like, that is what I wanted to create. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. I think Future kind of being of that lineage shows in his music. Um, you, know, I, you know what I think about? I think about when, uh, when um, why am I blanking my guy's name? Uh, when Nars Barkley formed, yeah, and like that being a lineage of Dungeon yeah. Family, yeah, crazy. People don't really <laughs> think about that, and then you think about like the Gray album with yeah. Jay, and it's like just all those little different branches of the tree, right? That people probably don't, probably don't think about, but it's like, man, that's really a part of like the whole collective, and that's yeah. um, that's hip hop. It's, it's crazy, you know. Like I, I'm mad now that I'm thinking about it right now that like we don't kind of give them their flowers more. Like you think about hip hop fifty passing and like, like and there was no dungeon, dungeon family, family yeah. look back. Like that should have happened. Absolutely. It's not it's not the Grammys either. And it's like I think a lot of people look at Outcast as kind of like the northern star of that whole collective, but it's so many of them and there's like so many I mean CeeLo Green himself. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like that he was like the 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 biggest star next to outcast at that point you know mm-hmm. that they tried to make sleepy brown work i still like i can't wait <laughs> nah, sleepy brown, I, I think yeah tried to make sleepy brown work but sleepy brown was you know he was like the the, the nate dog of dungeon yeah family. great Definitely, producer uh producer great songwriter great just vocalist um always came through when it was time yep um outcast signed to la Reed and babyface's laface records becoming the first hip-hop act on the label. They did a remix for TLC, What About Your Friends. I don't think a lot of people remember that. That was one of the first songs, like, mainstream-wise, that people had heard them on. And I was like, damn, they played that very, very infrequently in VA. But I always remember that, hearing that remix and being like, who the fuck are these guys? And it, it was really super cool stuff there. But in 1993, they released Players Ball, 
which ironically, when I was doing research, it hit number one on the R&B charts. That's crazy. I remember that being like, wasn't that like a Christmas song or like? Yeah, it came on the holidays. Yeah, it came out around the holidays. And yeah, no, that was, that's crazy. It was on the R&B charts. It's probably just given that it was on the face. But yeah, that was a, it was a crazy. That was a great. Like that being your first record out, it's like damn, so good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like it, it was everywhere in the South. Southern playlistic, Cadillac, funky music. One of the like, listen, go back and watch that video. It's like a, a mock players ball type video, yeah. and they had the windbreaker track suits on and everything. The vibe of that was like you wanted to be in Atlanta at that time. Because mm-hmm. if I'm like, if that's how they live in, this shit looks pretty fucking cool. And they kind of showed you at that point what Atlanta was like. I know that at that point you had like the ghost uh, ghost town DJs. You have the My Boo video that came out around this time. You got to see like that part, but they were showing you the other side of Atlanta. And I thought that it, it was again something you had never seen before yeah. coming from these two guys. Yeah, no, it's like, it's just super refreshing. Yeah. Like, I think just where, you know, I wasn't really thinking about the South as far as hip hop was concerned. And when you were, it was a, a certain type of sound. Yeah. And just what they came out with just felt like, oh, shit, this is, this is something new. It was country, but it was like classy. Yeah. And that's what, that's what I, when I, when I went back and listened to some songs from Southern Playlistic, Cadillac Music, their first album, um, that's what I got from it. And, <clears throat> and they were barring up. That's yeah, one were. thing. It's like they were lyricists. Like when you think about Southern music now and what people think of it, it's not the most lyrical driven. Yeah. They were telling stories, um, just trying to be the best rappers. Um, Southern Playlistic is considered by many, and we're gonna I'm gonna continue to say this throughout this whole for this whole episode, because I think these dudes have more than one classic album. But uh this album is heavily considered to be a hip hop classic and one of the best Southern rap albums ever. Um, it tackles social ex- issues, juxtaposing them with the themes of pimps and gangsters. Southern Playlistic opened the world or opened the window into the South in a way that no one had ever seen, kind of changing the trajectory of it. And Outcast is at the forefront of it. They quickly became one of the biggest duos in hip hop in general, to a point where when they won Best Duo Award at the 1995 Source Awards, the infamous mm. 95 Source Awards, yeah. everyone remembers it for one thing. But people from the South remember for another thing. They got on stage. They got booed. Crazy. They got booed. And Andre said, the South got something to say. And I think you can hear people from Texas rappers saying it, Atlanta rappers saying it. Everyone mentions that moment as the point where it kind of changed. And like the light switch went off for, for the South at that point was when they were on that stage in New York. East Coast, West Coast niggas stabbing each other, fighting each other. Man. Like, and then he said, "Yo, we got something to say too." They was like, "Shut your dumb ass." Up. I mean, it was just really just. It's funny because I'm I'm trying to remember who they were up against for the award. I mean, look, I mean, it probably had to be like Dog Pound, Junior Mafia. Like, I'm gonna look right now. 1995 Source Source Awards. Uh, oh wait, because they won Best New Artist, right? Um, I think it was it duo or artist or the winners. Oh, was it be- uh, yeah, new artists, Bone Thugs, Ill Al Scratch, and Smith and & Wesson. And I mean... Uh, they probably won that. <laughs> they, they were, <laughs> there was really only one group out there that... But like, Bone was doing yeah, yeah, Bone was like, having the moment. Bone was, was there, but it, but again, it was like... But it was just so contentious at that point because like Rap Album of the Year, they were also nominated for that. Scarface, The Diary was nominated. And Illmatic was nominated that year. And Biggie, Ready to Die, won the award. That's crazy. That like like the nominees are Ready to Die, Illmatic, Southern Playlistic, and the Diaries. Like, they was already legendary yeah. at that point. <laughs> they was they were nominated next to Big. Like that's fucking unheard of. And I think that again, we don't talk about that shit enough with Outkast, yo. Like they're they're like 
they're fucking no i mean and that's the thing it's like it's kind of just rewritten history yeah where like at the time it was like hidden and people felt it but now we look back and it's like not the same acclaim right and i wonder why but i think it's because they're not the boisterous guys they're not out there pumping their chase chest out yeah they're not of the lineage of like you know when you look at a lot of rap now it's like you can see the lineage of it and right. their the lineage ends for them probably at future right now yeah and future is out here probably proclaiming dungeon family so it's like right. you don't have anyone to kind of carry that torch um but yeah i wish more rappers kind of look back at them as a group too right. i think you know nowadays you kind of see People be like, oh, Andre is one of my influences, but it's like, no, this group yeah. was influenced with you. Yeah, I, I, I want to mm-hmm. get to that when we get to the album too, because that's like my main pet peeve with it, um, in terms of the group, the dual aspect of it. Mm-hmm. But uh, Southern Playlistic went platinum, and they began to work on their second album, where their sound would change drastically. At Alien saw the group ditch their, you know, the the aesthetic of the pimps and the gangsters, and it went into Afrofuturism, which is something that at that point no one had ever seen before. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look at the cover; it's like comic book inspired. Um, you look at the CD. I remember seeing the CD to At Aliens. My stepdad bought it. I don't know if you guys remember. It was like a drawing of like a naked, naked woman, girl, yeah, on her like, knees, yeah, on yeah. her knees, like this. And I was like, whoa! Yeah. <laughs> I was like. <laughs> Hold on, give me that goddamn CD back. Hold on, what the hell is this? My and it was like my like my like my mom was like, don't let him see that CD. <laughs> like, <laughs> Whether you're just discovering your voice or taking your show to the next level, you know what the world needs to hear. All you have to do is say it. With Spotify, set up your podcast, your food podcast, your mindfulness podcast, your never thought you'd get this far podcast. And watch those sparks fly. Drop the episode anywhere people listen. And find out who they're cooking with. Where they're finding inner balance. And why they love your show. You're already a creator. Now you can create, connect, and get paid for your passion. With one single free tool. Spotify for podcasters. Talk where the world listens. You just released a new episode on Spotify, but don't just release episodes. Stand out on the world's most popular listening platform, wherever your show is hosted, with Spotify for podcasters. So don't just publish a podcast. Guide listeners to recommended content, featured episodes, and more. Don't just talk to your listeners. Use Q&As and polls to engage fans where they already are. Don't just check your stats. Find out where on Spotify you're being discovered and more. Tap a global audience of over 500 million. Then turn those listeners into fans with Spotify for podcasters. They they swapped out the tracksuits and the sneakers, and then they they took out the cornrows. They were wearing afros at this point. Um, they they were wearing like Andre's clothes got weirder. That's when he started wearing the turban too. So we start wearing the turn and which was it's funny he, he tells a story about that it's just like he just wanted something different he just went yeah. to the beauty supply and was like i'm about to just start wearing these turbans yeah and then, and, and then he started growing his dreads out at this point too because like that was the period where he's just like the ugly face as we all call it when, when you're getting locks <laughs> but um but nobody really encapsulated this look more than and this look and change than andre 3000 who dove head first into it i mean he I, like we said different uh different style of dress but also his raps became more uh and I won't, I won't even say like, because again, like the, the whole story between them two is that they were they were they would battle rap with each other, and then Big Boy said that he would help Andre write his raps, or he would write his raps, and then from that point, Andre kind of went into his own creative process at that point, 
And I think that where Big Boy kind of gave you, and, and, and he's kind of different on speaker box as well in terms of the, of the flow. He gave you the ABC right straight up. Mm. Andre started going into different pockets and different flows and ATLians. And that was where the album was, where, where it was like, oh, okay, these two guys are like divergent. And I think the best duos, I mean, look at Mob Deep, uh, look at other groups like that. They're, they're better when they're like so different because you can tell yeah. who it is. Yeah. No, and this is, I think, this is when Outcast became Outcast yep. to me. I think this is when they really encapsulated the name. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this is without a doubt classic album. Yeah. Um, Second Elevators one. <laughs> to Jazzy Bells to Wheels of Steel. Um, they just had records on here that just stand the test of time. Yeah, I mean, production went for less uh, kind of I won't say jazzy, but 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 seventy smoky jazz bar to more like out of this world sonically. And that's a credit to Organized Noise. Mm-hmm. They they evolved on this album and again became one of the best production uh, groups in the game still to this day. I put them up next to the Hitmen. Yeah, I mean, yeah, no, they're they're up there, and I think it's crazy you just don't get that acclaim from them. Um, but yeah, they're Hitmen. Fucking, I think about uh, you know the guys that are around Death Row at the point. Like yeah. there was just a, a lot of collectives, mm-hmm. and they were like, I would say the Trinity of it all. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, lyrics became more insular. Uh, Andre talking about his religious upbringing. At this point, he had become sober. He stopped drinking. He stopped smoking at that point. And then they 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 were both realizing they were getting old. On songs like 13th Floor, Growing Old. Again, touching on subjects that a lot of people didn't think the South would touch on. I mean, it wasn't about swangers and vogues. It was about, you know, not drinking and, and meditating and shit like yeah. that. Like, I mean, I would say like the closest... And I think really, you know, the reason why I think East Coast people fuck with them is because, like, their closest analog was probably De La Soul at that time. Yeah. No, that's a good point. And it's crazy that you even mentioned getting older because it's like they weren't that far that removed from yeah. high school. But it's just like <laughs> they were just vibrating higher. Um, yeah. I think they just were consciously aware of just, like, where they stood in the world yeah. and where they stood in music. And, um, yeah, this gave a different perspective. I think even to my earlier point about just what Andre provided with uh, Love Below, it's like it showed you that black men weren't a monolith. Right. And like, even if we were, you know, hustling and survive, we still had these other thoughts that, that we need to get out. Right. Uh, and, and again, this album does, does crazy. Nice. Uh, goes platinum again. Mm-hmm. But then in 1998, they come back, take two years off. They would take time off too. That's yeah. what I respect. They would take at least one to two years off, uh, between albums. LaFace gave them a lot of, of gravity to do what they wanted because again, for their first rap act to be so successful, I think that's unheard of today. Like for for yeah. a group to be that successful out the gate through two times in a row, hit singles, all of that, and then they come out in 1998 with Equimini, their third platinum album. I gotta say, I slept on Equimini a little bit. I, I think I skipped straight to Stankonia. I don't. I don't really. I, I never I, really listened to Equimini a lot. I don't know how you could sleep on Equimini because that shit was everywhere when it dropped. Yeah. Yeah, I mean Rosa Parks alone. Yeah, everywhere it was like they played it every thirty minutes on TV. <laughs> like it was just a moment. And then I don't know. Like I just that was one. That was the moment where I feel like the East Coast like kind of woke up to. Yeah, because yeah. then you had like the artist storytelling. Where I think Slick Rick was on that yep. version, and it was just like they were having their moment where like they were being embraced by hip hop. And, and that video was crazy too, Mark. You remember the artist storytelling video back in the day? Yeah, I remember the art storytelling video. I remember the skewed on the Barbie video as Josh brings up New York City influence. Obviously, you had Raekwon on that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the Quim and I a lot. Pers- personally, have it over AT. Uh, personally, have it over ATLians in my book, just based off how 
I guess you could kind of say a little bit, it's a little bit more upset than annoyed, I think, in their case, on the reception of how AT Aliens was taken from them in 1996 and how uh, a lot of people listened to the album and were, it's kind of like, in their eyes, went over a lot of people's heads yeah. or it wasn't really as appreciated as much as they would have liked it. And you kind of heard that anger a lot on Equemini, even though they went back to experimenting and doing a lot of the classics and the music that they did. They really weren't very happy with the way that a lot of people accepted uh, or thought of in 1998 change yeah. and just evolving sound and not sticking to their roots and their laurels in 1993 and sticking with the way that Southern Playlistic went. Yeah, and, and again, they changed their style again. Mm-hmm. So from AT Aliens to this, Equipment has so many influences from country to jazz to psychedelic. Uh, I mean, even gospel. There's even there's even songs in there that kind of have that vibe on it. It's mm-hmm. such a... Sh- like. Every song is like a whiplash. Like, you don't know where they're going to take you next on Equimini. And I think that, again, it's the evolution from AT Aliens to this. And I think they felt more comfortable in their own skin by this point yeah. for their third album. Absolutely. Um, one of my favorite records from this was Liberation. I mm-hmm. just think that record just, I don't know. Like, it's just, it, to your point, it's like, it's just a different vibe. It, it could be gospel. It could be jazz. It just, it came from left field. Yeah. And it was something you heard in rap. And something that's notable during this time, Andre would get involved with Erica Badu. And at that point, that's where the, the trope starts, where if you date Erica Badu, she's going to start making you dress weird. He was, the, he was the start of it. Comment after that. This is when Andre started wearing the blonde hair wigs. <laughs> he was the, the big eye, the big eyeglasses. I mean, it was already on the way before that, but <laughs> I, I think she, it. I think she accelerated <laughs> that point where he was just kind of doing what he, what he wanted. But the album had a huge controversy of course, I mentioned it uh, a couple of seconds ago. Rosa Parks, one of their biggest singles ever, um, it drew the ire of the civil rights activist herself, and she claimed that her name was used without permission. The case was dismissed in 1999, but an appeal reinstated the case in 2003, stating that Outkast needed an artistic reason for using her name, and they eventually settled in 2005 with Outkast and Arista agreeing that they would uh, create I guess, like, programs and stuff for kids to mm-hmm. learn about Rosa Parks. I don't know if that happened, but what what did y'all think about Rosa Parks? That was the song that you couldn't get away from. Yeah, I mean, it just, for me, it, it was it was a dope song, and I just, the video was dope, too. It was just yeah. like, what the fuck? It, it, if you watch the video now, it's like, no, this is green. They definitely deserve to get sued for this shit. I mean, it's just, it, it's like, <laughs> when you're a public one? figure, you're a public figure. Yeah, Your yeah. story is going to be interpreted in different ways, and people are going to kind of latch on to it. Um, but yeah, I, I, it's funny. I'm glad they settled. I don't know what they settled for, but hey, she just wanted some money. I feel like <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, bro. I mean, I would too. <laughs> they were the biggest group at the time. Fucking get Ro- break Rosa Parks off a little bit. But I mean, I, I think that that's the big. That was like the big single. But I, what I loved about it was that they had that one single for everybody. Every other single on the album was for just straight hip hop heads. Like yeah. it was like nothing but straight hip hop art of storytelling. Skewed on the Barbie. All of those songs were like not traditional singles at that point mm-hmm. especially no. where we were at a rap with the shiny suit era yeah yeah no and that's the thing it's like they were always able to serve the masses yeah. but still be themselves right and that's something that was very tricky for artists always and um they they towed that line really well okay uh rosa parks was really the first time i had started seeing outcast on like trl mm-hmm. at that point that was really the first time you kind of saw them kind of breaking through yo mtv raps and then getting into like the the uh, mainstream yeah. part of MTV, and this would continue two years later with the release of Stankonia, which one of the best hip hop albums of all time to me. 
Okay. I put this over Speakerbox Low Below also. Ooh, okay. I put it over it. Released on Halloween Day in, two, in the year 2000, which is crazy. Yeah. One of the best covers of hip-hop history, too. I yeah. definitely love the cover. The cover is love the amazing. Cover. Love the cover. <laughs> the cover is incredible. You look at that album, and you're like, yo, what? what is this? Again, the Andre doing this. He was on his Jimi Hendrix shit, man. He he again, like it was the it was the vibe there, the 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 black and white uh, American flag. Mm-hmm. Again, them re kind of turning what the American dream was on his head. But also, Stankonia was to me a lot more traditional than people think. Like it wasn't they they weren't doing wild shit sonically on there. It, it was a uh, straight. I mean, I look song. at like I don't know, Bombs Over Baghdad is a wild song. <laughs> <laughs> wow it's like a dance track it was like a like a yeah like it's like a, a ravey kind of like it, it very much reminds me of like what was going on in that time 2000s yeah. like it was just uh i think of it as almost like video game movie music yeah yeah, yeah. where it's like uh what the what's the movie i'm thinking of uh hackers or Hacker. some shit. like it's like <laughs> shit's happening fast rollerblading the matrix was out of that matrix point. <laughs> yeah like yeah matrix is actually a really good a better one it's like that type of vibe. Yeah. But um but no. Classic album, Miss Jackson. Another that Miss Jackson showed me that like Rosa Parks wasn't a fluke. Right. And that these guys can write really good songs for the masses. Yeah. Um and yeah, no, So Fresh So Clean. Another one, it's like, damn, like that was back to back. That was So Fresh So Clean, Miss Jackson, B O B. Three of the best hip hop singles ever. 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 Uh, on the same album. It's on the crazy. Same album. Damn near back to back. I think B.O.B. is like the furthest song. I think it's like toward the end of the album there. It's like an yeah. hour, 30 minute album too. But um, again, this was one to date one of the best reviewed hip hop albums of all time. It has a 95 on Metacritic. That's which crazy. Is insane. It got perfect scores all around from that point. Sold over 500K copies in the first week, but it was number two. Guess who beat them that week? Who? Jay-Z, The Dynasty. Hey, man. By like, about the dynasty. By like 40K copies. I was like, D-. but that was back in the day when big hip hop albums, they wasn't pushing shit back. They were just dropping them all in one day. I bought the dynasty. So, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> exactly. Like, like, they wasn't like nowadays. I look at like the release calendar and it's like, okay, this person's going to drop this day and I'll drop a single that day. There's never like, all right, Outkast, Drake, Kendrick, Jay Z, all going to drop on the same day and they all going to be cool with it. Nah. Now it's like, it's, it's so much different now. Which is crazy because it's like, now fans have the better chance of getting listened to them all exactly in the streaming era. but yeah I, artists definitely move out the way for each other nowadays like imagine a day where you get the nikki album j cole album and i don't know like a, a gunner or some album on the same day hmm. and it's like it's not it's not like people have to choose with their wallets anymore they just go into the app you know what i mean like it's 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 not the same thing anymore so like Looking at that, but then seeing hip hop on the number one and number two spots, they was beating like established rock artists at the time yeah. with these releases. And I thought that like just looking that up was like cool because like Outkast did like five thirty four and Jay did like five seventy. Oh shit! And I was like, yo, they both went gold on the same week. And I was also I feel like the Dynasty was kind of later usually than Jay usually drops because he dropped Blueprint like right that next September. Yeah, because Dynasty was like a compilation, so it was like yeah. it kind of just pushed that out. Um, Outkast had always been popular. But this was the moment that they became not just a household name, but they became legends after Stankonia. Um, they had like Be Real on it. Mm-hmm. They had so many guests, like big name guests on there where it was like, yo, we're here. But again, like I, I just named Be Real. Who was asking for a Be Real feature at that point other than Outkast? I don't know. They, uh, it was a lot of random features on this album. I think Gangsta Boo was on here. Yeah. Erica came on here again. I'll call before um, I could. 
Like there, there was a there was a lot, and and again, sonically, the album was in traditional in some ways, but then also still groovy. Like so fresh, so clean. We didn't even we didn't even touch on that. Like another amazing video, by the way. Mm-hmm. We think of the Miss Jackson video, of course, on the farm and shit like that. Uh, Andre makes sure to uh, let people know that it wasn't about the that it was uh, about Erica Badu's mom and not about uh, <laughs> not about anybody else. He also mentions on Blood Below that I, I forgot this point that Tyrone wasn't about him. I was like, yeah, Tyrone came out like way before yeah. he started dating. <laughs> he just, I, I don't know. It's like those, it's funny how he always addresses the rumors. Yeah. And that's why I'm glad he doesn't rap anymore because I feel like he's <laughs> more, he's so tapped in himself that he's not going to let anything fly over his head. He's always got to address it. Yeah. Even I think nowadays when you see him talking about the flute and like how he wants to rap, like the, the titles to the flute songs, like yeah. I want to make a rap album, but this is where the wind took me. Yeah. It's like he's addressing it without really addressing it, but like it's hard for him to just let those things slide. So after Stankonia, which again, worldwide acclaim, wins them awards all over, best rap album on I think three or four different publications at that year. I think it's, it, it was like number 90 or something on Rolling Stones, best uh, albums of all time, 500 best albums of all time. Interesting. <clears throat> Stankonia, they, you know, they, they were pretty much like kind of doing their own thing. Their next album was kind of like take them in different places. But what we didn't know at the time was that their next album would be kind of the slow breakup of one of rap's most quickly rising stars ever. Uh, Andre, freshly separated from Erica, he moved to L.A. Uh, from Atlanta and he wanted to be an actor. And if you mm-hmm. remember this time, he was in like uh, like Get Cool and he was on The Shield at that time on yeah. FX and stuff like that. He did a couple acting gigs. But while there, he learned how to use Pro Tools and he created a slew of demos that he called Experiments. And these experiments will become the skeleton of what we would now know as the love below. So for this next album, the group chose to combine their different ways of recording, their sounds, and where they were in life into a into a double album where Big Boy created Speaker Box and Andre's demos became the love below. And what we got is one of the best hip hop albums of all time and an audio representation of a group that was largely growing apart yeah. at that time also. Yeah, I mean, it was a great way to... To symbolize that, yeah, I think you know more often we need to have. I mean, I'm thinking about the last time I've seen something like that. And it was probably like fucking Ray Shrummer's yeah. album. <laughs> so not a great uh, example Shrimp at all. Life three, 3D. yeah. <laughs> but um, but yeah, you know, like artists, groups especially, they go through changes and phases, and like for them to to be like, hey, we're gonna make these separate albums, but feature each other on each. And and bring them together. I think it was just a, a selfless move by Andre because he could have obviously went and did some solo shit. But want to um, get out that contract? Come on, Josh. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and even I, I, does he like? Honestly, that's another thing I saw. I'm saying like with rap, like he still signed Epic. His flute yeah. album came out on Epic. So oh wow, like, did it? Yeah, yeah. So it's like I don't really think he's thinking about getting out of contracts and all this stuff. He's just like I'm creating art, and this is how I'm doing it. And um, yeah, I don't know. I think it was just a, a it was a creative way to do it. Um. I loved it. I think just the lead up to it. I, you were hearing the rumors of the breakup, but um, it was just like, okay, like it addressed the rumor yeah, in a creative way. It addressed it, Josh. But as we'll get to, I feel like there was one person that was trying to address it and the other person wasn't trying to talk about it at all. I feel. I mean, uh, well, we can get into it. So usually when we do this on Throwblacks, we go track by track. However... With these two albums, there's a lot of tracks. There's no way we'll be able to break down every song one by one. So I want to discuss them through the themes, through the sound, the legacy, and the reception, and then kind of the end of Outkast at that point. 
um, in that that kind of weird moment right after the album came out. So I want to first talk about the album's themes and start with Speaker Box. Speaker Box to me, and there was an article in The Ringer last year um, where Paul Thompson, writer, he talked about kind of the onus and the creation and the reception and stuff to Outkast. And he, he talked to several sources about it. And one of the sources talked about how Big Boy worked as an artist compared to Andre. And they would say Big Boy would go into the studio like it was a nine to five. He'd clock in, do his verses, clock out, and he's hmm. out. Andre was more methodical and he thought about things and it took him longer to do these things. Whereas Big Boy, it came a lot easier. Yeah. So you see like in, in, in Speaker Box, I almost feel like he was trying to prove something to people. Because hmm. at that point, the conversation was already like Andre 3000 is the best rapper of all time. Yeah. Like that's where it was. And, and we, we kind of touched on it a little bit uh, maybe 10, 20 minutes ago where it was like not many people talk about the dual aspect. But to be clear and more narrow about that, not many people talk about the big boy aspect. Yeah, which is interesting because it's like that big boy speaker box album is really fucking good. It's really good. Yeah. Uh, you know, we start to show with a song like Unhappy and I'm like, yo, that's a great song. And like to my previous point about writing good songs like So Fresh, So Clean and Miss Jackson and Rosa Parks, this is in the same vein of that. And yeah. you see a lot more of that on speaker box yeah i mean he's talking about you know breaking up with his baby's moms and 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 his relationship with women and fighting and religion and all of these things that have been touched on before but it feels like it felt like he was watching like a black exploitation movie before he made this because it's very seeped into that old school like he went back to southern playlistic there mm-hmm. with, with the with the whole theme of, of pimps gangsters thugs all of that but also with social uh his social life involved in that and i think that that theme is like so layered in a lot of ways because it was it wasn't just talking about his life it was talking about his relationship with his best friend mm-hmm. who was featured all over i think i think isn't isn't andre on on this more than he more than big boy is on love below like big, oh, boy's, absolutely. <laughs> big boy's only on one song andre's like let's put this in perspective you do not hear big boy on speaker box until about five or six minutes into the actual album i think it's only on there once well, uh, uh, Andre. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no. Uh, Benjamin. Uh, I'm talking about uh, Big Boy. Big Boy on yeah. speaker on yeah. Buffalo. He's on. He's on Roses, and that's it. Andre is the first ver- the first person you hear on speaker box on ghetto music, and he has a verse, and then Big Boy starts to rap. It's like again, like we we talk about selflessness, but it's like to me, I gotta I gotta put a lot in the sand, and I feel like Big Boy was more selfless. Like I feel like I feel like he was still giving Andre a lot. Like he's on several songs on this joint. But I I also feel like it's like. I don't want to think of it as like giving a lot. I think it's just like Andre, like the album Andre created was an album that wasn't like to your point. It wasn't a nine to five album. Right. It wasn't an album like he's making. That's an album you're writing in your sleep. Damn near. You yeah. coming up out of your sleep and writing <laughs> songs and thinking about this shit. Yeah. Whereas Big Boy is like, I'm making this song. Oh, this is where I think Andre fits. Let me. Okay. All right. Let me save this for him. Let me do this for him. And I think that was kind of just the difference in how the album sounds sonically. Um. But I, 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 that's why I say that I think Andre is a little more selfless with it because he, these are all very personal songs, right. very personal fucking album. Mm-hmm. I, I would, I, me personally, I probably wouldn't even attach this to something like Speaker Box because it's so personal. Yeah, but it's like you know, just to be able to attach it to it and have songs like Roses and Hey, uh, it's a big fucking songs. Yeah, like <laughs> those are like the biggest songs and, and in big the world. Boy gets credit for that too because it's not. Andre 3000 in the bill. Yeah, it's, it's both of them. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like selflessness. I'm, yeah. I'm giving you one of the biggest songs ever. <laughs> hey, Ya is like huge. Grammy. It, I think that won them the Grammy. Bro, Probably. Hey, Ya <laughs> is big as fuck. Like you, like any, to this day, Yeah, anyone knows that song. 
You go in Starbucks, you you might hear it. Yeah. You go in H and M. That's that's why it. I say that selflessness came from Andre. But um, but I, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, and I, I, I totally get it. I think Big Boy wanted to pass the ball more, and, and Big Boy's just he's a group artist. Like yeah. I don't has he done a solo? He's done a couple of solos yep. and a couple of group projects, but like he's at his best when he's with his a partner. Yeah. I think even with Killer Mike being a partner at, for a lot of his career, the second half of his career, it's like it's he's at his best at that point. I mean, then again, he has one of the biggest songs of all time too, with the way you move. That's not necessarily with anything with Andre on yeah. it. No, but it's, it's, it ain't bigger than Hey Y'all. It ain't. Yeah, come on, <laughs> the way you move is big. Is it, not, is it not? That's what I'm saying. The way you move is. I want to look. I want to look at those numbers. I don't think it's bigger. Hey, come on, Hey Y'all is like multiple times platinum. Way you move, diamond. Maybe, <laughs> my way you move might be well. You could probably fact check it, but I feel, I I feel like I heard. Hey y'all, way more than the way you move. I'm gonna be real. I skipped it. That was my skip. If we were doing track the by track, yeah, that would have wow. been a skip. I like the way you move. I'm tired of listening to it. What? I feel you, but that's I'm a tired great of listening song. To what? It. I put. I, I you're like, not tired of listening to Hey y'all. I, 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 you know, but you know what? I, I purposely like tried to avoid Hey y'all, so I had to listen to it again. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it, Hey y'all is like the born in the USA. Of rap songs, where people think, <laughs> like, no, see, like, you know what I mean, like, you know, what niggas saying, no, like, yeah, born, they, like, they're saying born, but they don't know what it really means. People were talking about, hey, y'all, not really knowing what the fuck that song was really about. It was about like how everyone's getting divorced and fucking, yeah. you know, not in love anymore, and people, you know, what I'm saying? and that theme of hey, y'all, resonates today, probably even more so. Like he was thinking in the future about just relationships yeah. between young people. No, and that's the thing. It's like, man, like I just. That album is so futuristic. I, and I, I, it's funny. I feel like a lot of people don't give it its credit, man. But I, I listen to these young cats now. <laughs> that do the I, same shit. Yeah. And I'm like, y'all trying to make the love below. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I, it's it's crazy. Like, I feel like Future made the best love below clone with Hendrix. I mean, it's funny because like in the vein, but not even like you. The one reason why I don't think it's. I don't compare the two really. He does the life of Andre Benjamin at the end with Solo. Yeah. (laughs) But the reason why I don't compare him so closely is because, like, Future is still braggadocious and all his shit. Yeah. Like, (laughs) I've never seen an artist be as vulnerable as Andre. Yeah. Like, I really was like, damn, like, this is like, it's therapy. Like, if you listen to that album, you start to get into your own feelings. Like, shit. Because, like, even when Future does bare his soul, it's still seeped with. I did some lean too. Yeah. And it's just like I Bro, can't. Go, I can't get it, there. Yeah, it's like it, it, he he has the fog the fog of drugs and yeah. hoes and and you know it's like even when Andre talks about fucking bitches, he talks about it in a way that's like it's like damn, I had to fuck these bitches on the road. Like it's like uh, uh, on the life of Andre Benjamin, he talks about it. He's like he gives uh, he bags a lot of chicks on that song in four minutes too. I mean, but you gotta think about it—the life of a rapper at that time. Yeah, probably. Taking them down, especially him. Like shit, they 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 want a source of war. But I, I think <laughs> <laughs> I think um and again, speaker box to get back to speaker box. Like it touches on all of those issues, but I still think that Big Boy is flying the flag. I said this in our group chat the other day. The most awkward line on that song is from is from uh flip flop rock when he, when uh he's like me you know what what you mean me and Big. Yeah, Dre, we cool. We ain't never breaking up. You see, we just made another album to get more money. Y'all niggas not thinking about it like that. And I'm listening. And then you go back and listen to it now. And Twenty years later, it's like ah, uh, I think yeah. he was the only nigga saying that. <laughs> Everyone knew because the first thing Josh that people thought of, they didn't think of it like you mentioned. Race Rumors third album. When I came out, nobody thought of a breakup. We were yeah. just like, oh, they're just trying to find a way to break up the streaming or whatever. 
with this, the first thing people thought they're having a split album. Are these niggas about to break up? But see, that's my thing. Like, and this is why I keep going back to it's like it's not really a breakup. It's just a creative difference. True, they're still best friends. They're still very much in tune. You don't think that at that point. Andre didn't answer his calls as much as he used to with Big Boy. Maybe Big Boy didn't call as much as he used to. You don't think that there was just a, a sense of maybe a little bit of tension? I, I can't even call it tension because I think it's just like Andre just growing yeah. out of the relationship as a person. I don't think it was no ill feelings. I think he was just like, damn, like I'm just tapped into this shit I'm tapped into. Look where, yeah. look at what all the songs are about. Yeah. I'm in love. I'm falling out of love. Like I'm hurt. I don't even have time <laughs> for my friends. Like, I'm hurting over here. Yeah. So I think that's what it was more than anything. But um, but yeah, no, I, I never looked at it as like Andre versus uh, Big Boy. I, I mean, I don't even know if it's it's versus. I think it's like these two are really not rocking with each other, but they're looking at different creative outlets to show that they aren't. And the more I, I think also listening to it now in the context of that reunion that kind of like was awkward with them a couple years ago. Uh, some of the comments Andre has said since then, Big Boy's relative silence about all of it <laughs> since then, like it's just kind of it's kind of weird. I mean, for me, it's just like Andre doesn't Andre doesn't want to be a rapper. True. That's what <laughs> I saw, I chalk it all down to that. Yeah. And you see it with the flute shit, and you see it with the titles, and you see it, but just how even he's in interviews, mm-hmm. he doesn't want to do this shit. Yeah, he, he probably want to do the interviews. But he's like, damn, put out an album. I got to do something. Do it. But it's like he don't want to be in this limelight, and like. You know, I, I I had a I had a conversation with him. Yeah, he played the flute album for me. I, <laughs> I promise you, Lord bless me, because I, I I don't know how I stayed up for that album. <laughs> like he was like looking at us the whole time playing the album. He was like, <laughs> like literally, like he's like he got camera crews in here. So I'm like, if I fall asleep, somebody's gonna catch this shit. <laughs> so and like he talked about just his mindset and where he's at. And he was like, man, like he was like when he was started playing the flute, and this was showed me that like it was just a creative difference. It wasn't really a thing. He was like, people will call him. I think he said, I think he might have said, uh, Big Boy called him. Yeah. It was like, man, like, these niggas think you crazy. <laughs> and he was like, and they laughed about it. Because he's like, nigga, I'm not crazy. I'm just doing something different. Like, yeah. y- y'all know how, it, it was almost like a, you know how I am. I'm just doing different shit. I put on the turban. Like, I, I'm i just doing, I put on the wig. I'm just doing something. <laughs> but it's like, niggas think I'm crazy. Like, I'm still a nigga. Like, yeah. I'm still like, I can laugh with my niggas, talk yeah. to my niggas. It's just like, I'm just doing something different. And I'm not even ready to present it to the world. Mm-hmm. But when I am, I will. Yeah. And that's just what it is. I feel like that's what it is with the raps. I would not be surprised if we get a rap album from Andre when he's 50 years old. And it might be more spoken word than rap. I don't know. Like, yeah. you, I wouldn't be surprised. It's like he says it. He says, I go in the studio and try to do it sometimes. That's, but I, I wonder what that sounds like. It probably it, sounds it, fucking amazing. I, it but it's not up to his part. True. It probably true. sounds amazing. He yeah. probably has some fire raps. Like, for, for The Love Below, he recorded 120 songs. Yep. Like, where are those songs at? Yeah. Well, imagine what those sound like. And I mean, going into Love Below, themes of that album, falling in love, falling mm-hmm. out of love. But more importantly, the story of the album, there's so many skits on this shit, yeah. uh, is God sending him the perfect woman. Yeah. And you see that through uh, prototype. You see it through spread, all of that. The, actually, the first like five or six songs carry a, a, a plot in yeah. a through line. Um, I got to be real. I appreciate... <laughs> what love below is trying to do but it really does to me sound like a bunch of like demos that are interconnected through the skits sure 
but I and I think that that might be why people love it so much is that it sounds so rough. Like, mm-hmm. it, and it still does sound rough to this day. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't call it rough. I think, you know, you listen. There's a whole lo-fi genre. It's like it's lo-fi. That's rough. It's not lo-fi. It's not lo-fi though. No, yeah. I'm saying. I'm saying. But there's a whole genre of music called lo-fi. Yeah. I think this is very much like he produced it. He wrote it. This is him creating. Yeah. And I think you're gonna get some, especially compared to Speaker Box, where yes. it's like crisp. <laughs> yeah. You're hearing like every fucking snare, trumpets. Yeah. All that shit. <laughs> yeah. But it's like yeah. So if you compare it to, it's definitely gonna sound a little bit rougher. But um, but I don't know, man. Like I think just the songwriting, the 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 thoughtfulness. Like, hey, y'all doesn't sound rough because it, I feel like they recorded that to be a single. Yeah, I yeah. mean, but I'm saying like that's and and that's song that goes back to like I feel like even hey, y'all like hey, y'all probably fits better on speaker box. True. Yeah. Like, because I mean, again, they sold it as hey, y'all, the way you move. They yeah. it came out at the same time, and then I don't even what was Big Boy's second single off of that? Uh, Ghetto music, was wasn't it? Get, was it Ghetto yeah, Music? I think did it I, was Ghetto Did it have a video? Yeah. 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 It had Patty LaBelle in it. And she, oh, she was in the kitchen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Funny, yeah, Ghetto yeah. Music was on um one of the Maddens. It was. It yeah. was. Because uh, it, it, the thing is, is that Hey Ya just overtook the conversation. I would argue that Hey Ya overtook the conversation of the actual Love Below album because you didn't really hear much about the well, themes no. of it until like after. Well, I mean, you had Roses. Yeah. That was a big yeah. record. That had a video. Great video, too. Yeah. yeah like, like, that was... I fuck with that. Kanye was in that video, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. And and that's another thing about what Andre was doing at that time. You had like Kanye came out around that time. You had Andre. You had Fonzworth Bentley. Yep. You had this preppy college look that was coming in, that and they the ushered era. that in. Yeah, like that was the era. He ushered that in. Like even just the skits, the yeah. the one skit he has with Fonzworth Bentley, whatever. Hello, good sir. I hate it too. Hello, good sir. Honestly, that's my real big knock on this album. So many skits. The accents he's using throughout oh. the album. <laughs> I'm like, why are you talking like this? <laughs> oh, again, I mean, I appreciate "Behold the Lady." That song is great. Yeah. It's it's very, and I, you know, I think you, I, well, I think you and many people like this because, and I think the reason why I kind of fall off on it is because so much of it sounds like Prince cosplay. Well, I mean. <laughs> I won't say Prince. A lot cosplay. of it, it, but it's not it's purple inspired. rain adjacent. Yeah. It's not purple rain I mean, adjacent. Yeah, I think the vo- again vocal inflections, but I think sonically, it don't have the Prince flavor. Oh, because he can't play those instruments. Yeah, but I, I think yeah, I, I think it's inspired by Prince. Yeah, I think yeah, I, I, absolutely. I, I, it's inspirations are, are big. Yeah, and you think of well, Andre as an artist throughout his career? No, he is inspired by Prince. Mm-hmm. Um, like spread is a Prince song. Yeah, spread is. I mean, it's a lot of songs you could say on there. Like shit, behold the ladies to a certain degree is, is a Prince song. Yeah, but um, but yeah, I, I I don't knock it for that. I also feel like, and again, I like this album. I like it. I really do like it. But that's not sound. It's not really sounding like it. Yeah, the singer's not good. The singer's not good. The singer's great. The singer's not good. I mean, it's like some it, say Atlanta. That's like yo. That's the weird accent. Some say, but even that's like that. He's not trying to really sing right there. That's like it's like Broadway musical singing. He thought he was Frank Sinatra. Nah, he didn't, bro. He was just he was giving the song what it needed at the moment. I don't consider that singing. I like. I couldn't get with it, bro. I couldn't. I, was, I feel you, though. Feel I, you. But again, I like it. You know why I like it? I like it because it's imperfect. It's perfect because it's imperfect to me. Like, as a as a companion piece to uh, Speaker Box, it's more of like an addendum and not an addition. 
to me. Like I feel like I can't call it that. I I feel like Speaker Box is the Outcast album that I I kind of want it and Love Below. And I and the thing is about it is like I feel like R three thousand respects my opinion on it because he knew people would think of it that way. I mean, I'm just saying, going off of listenability, which is my big thing for <laughs> listening to albums, definitely listen to Love Below more than I listen to Speaker There's Box. no way. This time, coming Absolutely. back to it, coming back to it this time, I was like, bro, unhappy, bow tie, church. Uh, I'm just not in that. <laughs> like, I'm just like, it just sounds like you're going to the player's that's not, ball. That's... <laughs> Every song feels like I need a three-piece suit to listen to. I will say, Big Boy was getting off on them cartoon ass beats on Speaker Box too. Sometimes life can get you down. <laughs> Why don't you just make this a Looney Tunes? Uh... It, you, I saw you can hear it. Like, so like the production is definitely like. Yo. Listen. I'm a modern production guy. <laughs> like, I feel you. Like some of the shit he was rapping over, I'm like, like the what? What's it? Two on the boom. Uh, yeah. bow, 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 I, you know what's crazy? Bow, bow. I actually really like that beat, but I'm also like, come on, man. Like, <laughs> it was like it was like put on the first demo you hear and let's rap over it. <laughs> like he was like he heard him make the the drums. He was all right. Stop right there. We're just gonna rap over this shit, and it's just in a constant loop. But it's like that's how they used to do it in the old albums too. So it was like I I fucked with it, but I will say. Uh, Love Below has the or the the, and again we said we we just said Speaker Box was crisp. You know what I mean? But like again, they they kind of they, they compliment, compliment each other. Well. Yeah, like, yeah, they compliment very each well. Other. I think for me, I go back and listen to Love Below more, but it's because I think those songs are more timeless. You just said you like uh, Way You Move. Oh that no, Way the- You Move is a timeless record. That's one. But I'm saying I just think the Love Below songs are more timeless. Like She Lives in My Lap. Um, baby i love you i'm like <laughs> like dracula's wedding like those are songs that i'm gonna listen to That's forever and be like oh this is this is great fucking music like in any era that's a great song you know what kills me though what? that last half of love below where i'm like nigga wrap it up but no, see, <laughs> it's the thing it's like i, I feel you're gonna i know what you're gonna say because it's like you have like um you got my favorite thing yes but i love my favorite things because that's like like I, I'm trying to think of an artist that does that today, where it's like just an instrumental song. From Toro Imoy. Yeah, but you even—I mean, even a rap artist, you might get Drake, where he has just like fucking Yabba singing some yeah, shit. Like yeah. it's like that's what that feels like to me. It's like I'm not gonna rap. I'm gonna let this person come in, or I'm gonna, you know, just do this. And I don't know. It's like my favorite things is like one of them songs. I'm like another one of those like Matrix Matrix Heat type songs. <laughs> like since I should be running fast like a wind tunnel when I listen to that. <laughs> But I just like what he did there. I'm like, okay, like you interpreted that song in your way, and you put it in that album in a cool way. It's crazy how much they how, think about how much they have to fucking pay to use that sample. Well, it's like an interpolation, so it's like you kind of like the techno, yeah, beatnik type version. But I mean, you you got that the Nora Jones song. Which, I like "Take which, Off Your Cool." Didn't age well to me. I, I, I like it. Nigga, though. wrap it up. I'm like, wrap it up. Get to the rapping part. I, I was like, I know he rap on but here. I know what you. I, know what <laughs> I was you like, mean. I know he got another rap but song. That's the here. thing. It's like. I don't know, like that's just that's such a like when I hear "Take Off Your Cool" Nora Jones, I think about Drake and Yabba, yeah. or like all the when rappers go and get the 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 folky singer to come and do <laughs> their thing real quick. Like, there's no when I'll take off your cool, and I know that we you know we haven't had the best review of this album. There's no Yachty rock album. Yeah, like there's <clears> no like when you see that happen, it's like oh that's a direct correlation to that. Yeah, true. That's true. I mean, 
And then, uh, and and again, I respect. The, the, listen, he takes big swings. Rosario, Rosario Dawson on the song. Yeah, I, I, I don't like I the way that. she recorded in the song though. I like it, baby. I love you. I don't care about what any of them say. Like, that was not. That was that was. Deep. You know, what? I mean, you I know just what? Realized the other year that that's not Beyonce on "Where Are My Panties." For twenty years, I thought that who? was Beyonce. Never thought what? that. Why did you think who, that? Why did you think that? That doesn't sound like Beyonce to y'all. No, no not at all. Not even it's not even a, a a small piece. that don't sound like Beyonce. Mm-mm. She would have had to read that. Chill out. <laughs> anyway. Oh, you know what? Anyway, I'm leaving before he gets us in trouble. I'm going. <laughs> Who is it? Whether you're just discovering your voice or taking your show to the next level, you know what the world needs to hear. All you have to do is say it. With Spotify, set up your podcast, your food podcast, your mindfulness podcast. You never thought you'd get this far podcast and watch those sparks fly. I put a picture of the Drop the episode anywhere people listen and find out who they're cooking with, where they're finding inner balance and why they love your show. <laughs> You're already a creator. Now you can create, connect and get paid for your passion with one single free tool. Spotify for podcasters. Talk where the world listens. You just released a new episode on Spotify, but don't just release episodes. Stand out on the world's most popular listening platform, wherever your show is hosted, with Spotify for podcasters. So don't just publish a podcast. Guide listeners to recommended content, featured episodes, and more. Don't just talk to your listeners. Use Q&As and polls to engage fans where they already are. Don't just check your stats. Find out where on Spotify you're being discovered and more. Tap a global audience of over 500 million. Then turn those listeners into fans with Spotify for podcasters. Back to take off your cool. Rosario Dawson. You know what I you know what it is, Sue? And I, I think about the Rosario Dawson thing I like because I think about, and we keep going back to Drake, but the skit he had about the the plane with the girl and she's like oh i just uh, there's all these first class oh yeah 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 yeah. like that's terrible yeah i hate that whatever that is that's terrible i hate that skit too yeah this is way better than that and this is trying to be that it's an immediate skit when i hear that girl on that fucking song it's an immediate skip i don't know i just but again you you get you got that but then you'll get dan the life of of andre benjamin which I think is the most, and the thing is, like that was the last time we heard that motherfucker rap for a for a while. Yeah, after that, <laughs> to like walk it out or some shit. <laughs> exactly. Like, <laughs> and then they did the Idle Wild thing, which we'll get to later. But yeah. it was like there were just so much of, <clears throat> and, and I'll say this about he Love didn't even Below. Finish it either. Yeah, he didn't finish it, and, and I don't know if we'll ever fucking get the, the end of that song. He might have some new shit to say on the song. Also, he talks about like how he met Erica and how that broke up and how they were cool with each other, which. Again, like is is really awesome. To, I mean, they're still cool to this day, but um, you know, I I think that Love Below was getting something off his chest, and that was that part of his life mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, where he just you know wanted to do that. So it was like again, the two themes are really divergent from lo- like Big Boy was longevity. We're gonna be here forever, yeah. and Andres was like, I'm only gonna be here for this, and I'll see you later. And I think that's the most interesting part of it is like we're listening to a breakup album in so many ways. And yeah. I think, you know, listening to it in 2024 years, knowing what happened to the, these two makes it a lot more depressing. It makes it a lot more sad to me. 
real quick, do you think that you could navigate that easily if you were in a situation ship? Well, in a, in a situation with your friend where you guys have created so many amazing things to a lot of people and you are still connected to it in one space and one person's mind is just not there, kind of checked out, yeah. like already gone. You think you can navigate that easily? Because Josh had talked about, you know, from an artist perspective, creative differences. Creative differences happen all the time. I would say from 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 solo artists, groups, uh, duos in this case. But would it be easy to just from a friend perspective to be like, wow, I'm still kind of here, and you are mentally just out of it? Could you respect it from that case, or is is it kind of tough to want to still, you know, feed a lot of the people that that love your music? I mean, personally, like, <clears throat> I feel like it's, as you get older, it's easier to do that, I think. Like, easier to be like, okay, we're not, you know, we grew apart, we're not friends anymore. You know what I'm saying? I think we, we all go through that now. What I, I, I think of it within, like, a musical sense, a rap sense, there, we've had many breakups. But to me, none have been bigger than, like, this one, Rockefeller, and probably, like, Migo. Like, those are, like, three breakups that are, like, again, these three things shaped and shook up the world in a lot of different ways. Like Outkast shook up the world. Rockefeller shook up the world. And we got to see it play out publicly in a way that like, we didn't really see this one. Like, I feel like the Outkast breakup was so silent, but I feel like it was realistic in that way because usually when you follow with somebody, it is quiet. It is, it is slow. It yeah. is, it is sometimes painful, but it's not public. And, and I think that this is probably the most realistic breakup than all of them because it, it wasn't played out in the news. And I, I again, like, as you said, like, could, could I handle it? I think I got to be in their mindset. Hmm. I, I think you have to be in their mindset, like what they've been through. I think that if I, and I was going to mention this earlier, like I get it. These two have been together and linked since they were 16 years old. <laughs> they, they were the biggest rap group at like 18 mm-hmm. and they were in their thirties at this point trying to, they, they needed time to figure out who the fuck they were. Yeah. And I think that's why I accept it a little bit more, even listening to it now. Whereas big boy is the one friend who don't want to let it go. But Andre is the one who kind of matured past it. And, and I think that's the most realistic part to me. Yeah. No, I, I completely agree. And I think, you know, um, the outcast breakup, I hate to even call it a breakup. Mm-hmm. I just think it was just one person stopping. Just I, I just can't do it anymore. Yeah. And we see it in just the, his his interactions and just what he's done and what he's done since. Yeah. And you see what big boys continue to keep going and, and doing all the things he's done. So it's like. I hate to call it a breakup. I think it's just one person just stopping and yeah. another person carrying the torch. Right. And I th- I feel like I feel like the way that Josh brought up how different Andre can approach a lot of these things. He brought up the 200 um records that he released on top of that. I didn't know there were 200 records that were um recorded for the Love Below, but it almost sounds as you brought up Prince and you brought up Purple Rain, it almost sounds like Sign of the Time wise where he had so many records that he was sitting on, he wanted to drop Crystal Ball in the 80s. Label told him no, he didn't want to do it, so he had to create Sign of the Times to make it a fucking three disc out of out of the out of the music that he had, and it's interesting how those similarities almost um, show its way, especially in that Ringer article that you brought up. Mm-hmm. There was a moment that Prince is at 2014 Coachella. That would have been Outkast's first performance in a very very long time because we don't see them again, at least that close until 2006, and Prince wasn't happy. Like it looks like for the most part, Andre is just mulling around, yep. doing his <clears throat> doing his hits and his records at the time, but not really interested in it. While Big Boy, more than likely, I haven't seen that 2014 Coachella <laughs> performance in a while. He was hyped. He was hyped. Getting, re- getting ready. <laughs> 
He was yeah, hyped. exactly. Just selling it, giving it in, and one person is just like mulling around. And I think the article references, you know, Prince and Paul McCartney walked up to him, gave him a little talk, and was like, "Yo, it's either you're you're into it's, it's either you're into this or you're not. Mm-hmm. Like it's unfair for the second half of this group to be ready to sell it, hopefully anticipating new music." Getting ready to do this again. Mm-hmm. Big Boy mm-hmm. ends up, especially after 2014, he does not only more solo records, he does Big Grams, the thing that he did with Phantogram. He's experimenting as well, mm-hmm. doing his own thing. And one person is just not giving their half of this iconic duo. I, and, I, you know, the last I, few years of Beyond from Prince with that said so it was like it's kind of unfair. I think that, and again, that, that Ringer article, if you guys haven't read it, is fantastic because it, it, it really breaks down Andre, like literally the slow breakup of this group. But is there a sense that you guys feel like Big Boy was fighting against the fucking wind at this point, fighting against a heavy wave where it's just like, I still exist. <laughs> I'm still here. Like Sir Lucius left foot, all of this stuff. Like, I don't think Andre's on any of these projects that he does afterwards. Like at yeah. all. No, I mean, yeah, I, I, I don't even expect him to be. Yeah. It's like, he don't want to rap. What you going to make him rap? I think they tried it once with like Royal flush. Royal flush came out like Oh nine. Yeah. Like, all right, we back. And then that was, <laughs> that was it. Well, I mean, we could touch on Idlewild too because it was such a minor Idlewild, release. Yeah. Like Idlewild was a movie that even when the at the movie it's color purple, not color purple, purple rain adjacent. By the way, well, I was gonna <laughs> say I feel like a lot of that the music that was recorded for Love Below is in Idlewild. Yeah, it was like I mean, but then you get like really cool stuff like Hollywood Divorce, where it was like you got one of Lil Wayne's like most kind of mm-hmm. like notable verses. I feel like a lot of people forget about his verse on uh on Hollywood Divorce. Hollywood that was Dwarf. that was back in the day when people was like, who had the best verse though? Hmm. And it's like nobody really does that anymore. It's like who killed who? It's just like he didn't kill Andre three thousand and I, and I'm like, but I mean, can we just enjoy the song? Like go back and listen to Hollywood Divorce if you haven't. But it, it was such a minor release. But that I mean, I consider this their final album, Speaker Box Love Below, not out of while because it just was so, like Morris Brown, Mighty O. It's like these sound like demos. It's a good thing that Big Boy, you know, helped a little bit with that and dropped that same year and got Perp Volume 2 because that introduced yeah. us to not only a lot of different sounds, brings back more Dungeon Family, mm. introduced us to artists like Janelle Monet, and he creates the second wave of what is going on with Dungeon Family in that case while he's just wondering what Andre's doing. And at a certain at a certain aspect, it's just like, wow, there's a lot of different instances where you could look at it and it's like, wow, Big Boy's being just left out in the cold here. And thankfully, he's been able to take it with such stride and not have that, you know, spill out with a a, a bad quote in the yeah. press, anything he's, like that. And he's kept it. He's kept it pretty cordial. He's been relatively quiet for years. About he doesn't want to do this. That's why the, the the thought that he's leaving him out in the cold is just like I think you don't think that. I just think he just doesn't want to do. This. I think the big boys. If I don't want to the- rap and I don't want to be a part of the music industry. I'm just gonna stop doing it. I think big boy is one of the most disrespected like rappers like because he's the he was like think about it this way he was a member of one of the biggest rap duos of all time right one of them who everyone says he's better like is better than him he's yeah. like clearly like the marty Janetti of it even though he's still like fucking yes. yep. he's still talented in his own right he leaves everybody leaves with andre and says oh andre the thousand best rapper in the world never has a solo yep. album big boy has several mm-hmm. solo albums and they still consider andre better like i feel like big boy has been like not fighting for relevancy but fighting for people to uh, like be like hey i was in the group yeah too. i mean maybe that's his fight with the public and perception but I don't think that's his fight with Andre. Andre don't want to rap no more. I, it's not so because I don't want to do something. Yeah, that means I'm leaving you out in the cold. Like I just I don't want to be a part of this anymore. I resent. But our, our friendship is different, though. Our friendship. Our, they're is still friends. Different. They still talk. They're still friends. I, they're, they're probably not as close as they used yeah, to. Yeah, but, but I like, mean that's just how you you grow grow older. You, 
I, got kids. I, I think that I resent the idea that the reason I resent the idea that Andre is like top ten of all time is because we the only uh proof of the only proof of 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 purchase there is Love Below. That that's the only reason I resent it. The I people, hear you, but because his other verses were on duo albums. I hear you, but if they're good verses, they're good verses. Of course, yeah. I I I, I can still put Andre top ten because you put you put big big top five and you only got two albums but they're but that's that's one more album that andre got <laughs> and that's one more album with more rapping that andre got i mean if you to take all the verses that big has and all the verses andre has oh it boy might be close <laughs> as far as like output i mean I, I i mean i resent it you know why why, why else i resent it is because i feel like eminem started this wave of people just hopping on that trend and saying that he was the greatest of all time I mean, I, I I don't know. I don't, was Eminem the first to say it? Yeah, I like like publicly like that because remember on Till I Collapse, yeah, yeah Till I Collapse, he says it goes mm. uh, Biggie, Jay Z, Tupac, Tupac, and 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 Biggie, no, Reggie, Reggie Al- Jay Z, Tupac, yeah. and Biggie, yeah. and Andre from Outkast, Jada, Corrupt, Nas, and then me. And then when he said Andre from Outkast, everybody was like Andre from Outkast, and it made so many people go back and listen to like Outkast records. I mean, I guess that's the power of a white rapper. That's what I'm saying. I resent, but, I resent that idea because Big Boy's cold as fuck. Like he's dope. yeah, he's cold. But even when I was listening to that shit back in the day, I was not saying Big Boy's better than Andre. I I'm sorry. It's it Southern Playlistic. I think I think Big Boy got him. Atlians, it feels even to me. I gotta really listen to Equimini in, in, in deeper in a deeper. I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm gonna just keep it. That I, th- I think I think Stakonia is when Andre started to take off. In my, opinion. I think it was. I think it was AT Aliens. Southern Playlistic. I'll give it to him. They was neck and neck. <laughs> AT Aliens. You were seeing the separation. I don't know, man. You were seeing the separation. It's he, like fucking. He taught him how to rap. I mean, to me, it's like, and this is a little bit different, but still the same. It's like Ghetto Boys. Okay. Willie D's great. Scarface is light years Willie ahead of Willie D. D. Willie, Willie D is terrible. <laughs> he's not terrible. He's great. He's all right. He, he's, but here's the thing. I respect him because he got anthems. He got like like verses that was just like, all right, yeah, we, we can rock with it. Because the nigga was offbeat more than 80% of the time. I mean, shit, it was the 80s. Everybody's offbeat. <laughs> Who was on beat? <laughs> I'm going to get killed by, by like Dion. Shout out to Dion. He's going to fucking kill me. I even think about it in the sense of like UGK. Okay. Like... I saw was love Pimp C, but, but I mean Bun was always like clearly like yeah Bun was a great rapper, but Pimp C was a great rapper too, more charismatic. Uh, yeah, it was the it was, it was the, the 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 delivery with mm. Pimp. It was always the delivery. I th- I'm trying to find uh, under three thousand guest verses like in in order. Um, oh, in those in those in those mid two thousands. Yeah, because I want to talk about I want to see what our favorite ones are because he stops here. Um, he stops after Idlewild, doesn't rap for a while. He returned to rapping in tw- 2007, and he did Walk It Out, Throw Some D's, Lloyd's U, and Jay-Z's 30-something, all within that mm-hmm. year. And people thought he yep. was gearing up for a solo album, but he didn't. He never dropped one. Out of those, out of those, what was the best one? Wait, what was it? Walk It Out? Walk It Out, Throw Some D's, U, and 30-something. I like Throw Some D's. Those movies was good. I like you was cool too. Uh, it definitely wasn't thirty something. No, thir- I don't even remember thirty something. I'm not gonna lie to you. <laughs> yeah, I remember thirty something. Jay Z, Kingdom Come. It was yeah. such an eye roll. I, I, I was 15 years old <laughs> listening to thirty something. I was like, Jay, what the fuck Bruh, is this? Thirty will never be cool. The universe wasn't bad either, but I think it's uh, those some D's. And then 
we had international players anthem which i i think a lot of people would consider probably his best yeah one of his one best, of best verses, verses ever. yeah like ever royal flush i forgot about devin to do his what a job oh yeah that's another great that was a record that was it that was a great record uh he was on q-tips the renaissance he was on green light forgot about that too because oh, yeah. I only listen to. Oh, I, you know like, what? I remember that because they play that. They probably still play that to this day on the radio. Yeah, his verse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He killed that. Uh, what else? He oh, he was on the remix to Sierra's Ride. I forgot about that shit too. He was just doing whatever. I, I feel like that was a lot of like L.A. Reid favors. Who 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 linked them? I was just like, who called them and said, Andre, we got this. I think wasn't Sierra signed to L.A. Reid? No, right? She was. Um, who was she signed to? She was on hey, Uptown look. Republic, 88, Epic Drive. Oh, yeah, she was. Okay. Uh, LaFace, sure enough. Yeah. Um, he was on a remix to, to Deuces. He was on Kesha's The Sleazy Oh, remix. he was on Deuces. He killed Deuces, <laughs> he, too. He did. He, he killed did. That's what I'm saying. Like, And that's my another thing about him being the best rapper. Like After it was kind of like said, he would come and give you some verses or some places that you wouldn't expect a verse from him. Yeah. And it would be like, damn, this thing is really good. Uh, He was uh on a... 2000, 2011. Um, well, actually, he was supposed to be on. Sir take care. He was supposed to. He was supposed to be on Sir Lucius Left Foot, and it was blocked by Jive Records, which is odd. That's very odd. Um, he was on Beyonce's fourth album on Party, of course. Yep. Uh, great, another, another great verse. He was on Lloyd's uh, dedication to my ex. I don't remember that one. Me neither. He was, of course we talked about him on Carter Four. Oh yeah, classic yep. verse, classic album. <laughs> you know, drop that one. We were unfair. Carter Four. I'm gonna say that uh, he was on the real her, which again is full circle with Drake. He yeah. was on the real her. I thought, that, and and again when that came out, there was a lot of hype behind that verse because we found out that night that it leaked that he was on it, mm-hmm. and then when it because they were he, like Drake didn't announce it officially that Andre was on it. Then we saw it there. Um, he was on Bob to play the guitar. Uh, I heard that. I remember listening to that. Bob was supposed to be the next Andre 3000. But he was a little bit too heavy handed with the. Yeah, I don't know about that one. <laughs> he was too heavy handed with the with the, with the pop hits. That's the first nigga that ever really got canceled for believing in the flat Earth. Right, let me just say that <laughs> when the nigga came out and said the Earth is flat, <laughs> niggas stopped fucking with him immediately. He stopped getting calls ASAP. <laughs> That's a nigga that has a Taylor Swift uh, Taylor Swift feature very early. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Like in rap. Yep. Yep. And I mean, he could, he don't got to rap anymore. Pretty much. Uh, 2012. He was on Jeezy and uh, Jeezy's "I Do" with Jay Z. I forgot about that. Am I? Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm good on that one. Uh, that and then he was on the Gorillas. He he was on Channel Orange. Some uh, of his best verses were with Frank Ocean. Yeah, that I is true. I will say. Uh, he was on. He was Bl- on Blonde. He was on Blonde too. This and yes. Drake. That's why I was confused. I was like, Yo, you were on. You were on his record five years why, ago. Why, what did he, he say he about Drake again? Drake. What did he say about him again? Uh, he had some line about, um, oh, I'm sorry, I thought all the rappers were writing their own verses or something like that. It was right around the time of the Meek, the oh, Meek Drake beat. Oh, brother. That's my, I'm so over, like, just because a rapper That's a diss. is speaking. That's a diss. It's not a diss. It's not a diss. That stinks. That's not a diss. But all right. He wasn't was writing his own verses. Was that was the crazy to? part. Hey, he was. Not, not back in the day, he wasn't. Who was writing his verses? Big Boy was. He said it. He admitted it. He did. I don't think it's a diss. <laughs> I don't think Big Boy is writing his verses. I would like to fact check Big that. Big Boy said it. Why would he lie? <laughs> oh, you, just said, you just said what you said. Oh, my Nigga God. feel disrespected. No, but then, you said he did, but then you said he didn't feel disrespected. Hey, Start Josh. saying shit. You twist the narrative. <laughs> I'm not so twisting. I'm just saying. Y'all saying he feel disrespected. He he got a partner that's relatively silent. Oh, my God. Might let him ride with a lie or two. Uh, I think the most, to me, the most... Uh, 
eye opening and 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 soul bearing is his verse for on, on Ti's Forgotten uh, Hustle Man mm. or Trouble Man Heavy as they had the song Sorry, where uh, he basically apologizes to the fans for not coming out with an album, and it was it was like mm-hmm. a thirty something forty something bar uh, uh, verse where he was just talking about where his mind was and why he never dropped the album. I actually think that is one of his best verses because Ti just kind of lets him go, mm. <laughs> and and he raps for about a good three minutes on that one. Um, same year he was on uh, God Forgives I Don't right 16 yep, I think 16, 16 was a record he was on 16 yeah. was another one where he dropped like 60 bars and Ross was happy as a motherfucker he was like let's just <laughs> <It went> crazy <laughs> but Ross was like look at me nigga <laughs> Ross was so fucking happy he let the song play for another three minutes <laughs> shit like I like the 16 verse I'll give you that I think God Forgives I Don't I want to touch I want to I talk about that album one day what a strange okay. what a strange era in Rick Ross's career yeah we talk, I mean, I don't know if we talked about deeper in a rap, but like we all know what Godfrey goes. I don't was supposed to be, but uh, he was. They, they saw they saw him. They they saw him in the studio with Mike Will in 2013, and then he was on Honest on Future's Honest on Ben's Friends with Chitola. It was a fine song. I feel like they they overhyped the the uh, Ben's Friends shit. It was cool. It was just this guy don't mean shit. This guy don't mean shit. Whoa. Uh, now, Honest Honest turning ten pretty soon, right? Let me take a look. Wow, do we do we talk about it? it, it Honest, Honest turns, turns 10, ten this year, this fall, yeah, this yeah. fall, like September. Honest turns ten in oh, is it is it September? I think so. Let's take a look. It's uh April twenty second, twenty fourteen. We might have to do Honest this year. That was a turning point. <laughs> now, that Man. album was a turning point. Uh, but yeah, there's, there's, I mean, he does a lot of verses. You know what I mean? And I think the legacy of of Speaker Box Love Below made it so that he never really had to make an album. I'll just be real. Like people love that album so much that he that he doesn't have to. And mm-hmm. I, we see with the reception. It won uh, record of the year or album of the year on the Grammys. Um I think one of the first was it the only hip hop album that's ever done that still? Album no, of the, year? the other hip hop album was Miseducation of Lauren Hill. Oh yeah. yeah. So there's only two. Them that's two. Crazy. And 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 yep. still to this day, that's the only thing that's happened. I personally thought that Kendrick should have got it for the Pimple Butterfly <laughs> a couple on. years ago. Wait, did who who got it in seven? Was did Macklemore get it in seven? I think so. That's a rap album. No, I mean he won best rap album, not best oh, yeah, album, yeah, album of the year. No, that was album of the year. No, yeah, I think I, I think Dan probably was closest to getting it, but I I, I, I think Taylor was like came out that year too, or Adele, one of them came out. They always block him whenever they come out. I think Taylor's probably going to block whoever does it again but i mean we get to the end of outcast of course they they reunited 10 years after this for coachella and a couple of spot dates at festivals as mark mentioned andre looked like he would rather be anywhere but there hmm. and from there you know we get a bunch of verses and we get the flute album and to this day 20 years later speaker box low below is is it stands the test of time i will i will say as being an uh, a strange uh, awkward moment for these two but ultimately something that gave us a classic yeah. And I mean, you can't you can't take it away from from either of them. I think it's a, it's a perfect album. Even with my apprehension about the uh, love below, it's still again perfect in its imperfections. It's like an artist trying to find himself and also saying goodbye to a profession that he he really loved. So, any last thoughts, Josh? Yeah, no. I mean, like I said in the opening um, statement, I feel like this album set the template for a lot of, and not even just rap albums. You you know, you look at what Frank Ocean's doing to a certain degree very uh love below inspired um so i think that's that's why this album is held in high regard to me um and i love the speaker box portion of it too i think there's a lot of great music there and, and it's the, the best balance to this i think if one had come solo they wouldn't be in, as impactful the, as right. they are mm-hmm. but um 
but yeah, man, I, I feel like there just needs to be a little more respected uh, around both projects. I think um, we tend to forget we live in this like fast paced uh, society where, you know, music is just kind of just thrown out and you got, you know, someone like Drake, who's the biggest artist now. So we just we think everything starts with Drake and yeah. goes on for But it's yeah. like, nah, there's artists who influence him. And, and um and yeah, I think we just need to kind of um bow our heads and not bow our heads, but tip our hats to, to Andre and uh and Big Boy. And just, you know, give them their flowers, man. I think they are the greatest rap duo ever. Yeah. And it's not even an argument at this it's point. It's not close. It's not even close. I think, and this 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 might be a hot take, if this album came out today, we win album of the year again. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it's, think- it's like, it's still, it's timeless. Yeah. It's, it's really a timeless album. And it's like, it's crazy that they were able to make that at that time, I think you weren't mm-hmm. getting a ton of timeless music around then. Nope. You know, you look at a lot of music that well, came out that I same mean, 50, year. We had fifty. I was gonna say fifty, fifty, yeah. but but fifty sounds a little dated. Get rich yeah. sounds a little <laughs> little parts of it. You're like, huh? Like that's, heat, uh, heat. Yeah, you feel it's like certain songs. That's <laughs> oh, like, don't do it. Whoa. Yeah, heat. I don't know. I just certain fu- songs that sounded a little dated. What the fuck hoodie was he wearing at that Boston uh, Rockets game? The fuck uh, was I that? Don't all know. the TV, all the TV channels he's yeah, on. Yeah. Like- <laughs> Take that monkey shit off, man. You embarrassing us. Oh man. Uh but yeah, that that is Speaker Boss Love Below for Throw Lacks. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna make a list. I wanna make a list of every album that we, we should we should we should touch on this year. Um a, a lot of people wanna see us do another rock album. They really love the Green Day album. <laughs> and they wanna see us do another one. Green, Green Day episodes were my favorites because we we were like literally like spitting bars from, from Billy Joe Armstrong like it oh was like Jay Z. <laughs> but we're gonna make a list. We'll 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 share that out to you guys on Patreon. Um, but thank you guys for listening to Throwlax. We'll be back next month, back on schedule for February. What's like a good like love? Should we do R and B finally? Yeah, we do R&B I thought we were doing confessions. I thought we were doing confessions. Oh, oh yeah, confessions, Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Yeah, Makes we'll do sense. we'll do confessions uh, yeah. next time. That album has so many theories and so many great <laughs> album. <laughs> Who is it about? We gotta do deluxe version too. They have the shine verse. Oh yeah, 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 yep. yeah. Yep. <laughs> Again, going from one like diamond album to another diamond album yeah. to, into into confessions. So yeah, thank you guys for listening, uh, and we'll see you guys next month for for Usher Confessions. I think I, let's just stamp it, Usher Confessions. We're, let's gonna, do, we're it. gonna do it. Uh, so next month, Usher Confessions, we'll be back at you with another episode of Black Print as well. Uh, and thank you guys for listening. For Josh and MC, I'm J Five. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you next week. Peace. Peace. Whether you're just discovering your voice or taking your show to the next level, you know what the world needs to hear. All you have to do is say it. With Spotify, set up your podcast, your food podcast, your mindfulness podcast, your never thought you'd get this far podcast, and watch those sparks fly. Drop the episode anywhere people listen and find out who they're cooking with where they're finding inner balance and why they love your show. (laughs) You're already a creator. Now you can create, connect, and get paid for your passion with one single free tool. Spotify for podcasters. Talk where the world listens.